So I've titled this message, A God Greater Than Google. A God Greater Than Google. Um, and, and here's what I have learned, specifically living in America my entire life. Um, we like fast, instant things, right? We don't like to wait around for absolutely anything. And let me prove it to you. Now we've got what? Siri. If you don't know where you're going, what do you do? You hold down the little app and Siri, I am lost. Get me out of here. Um, You've got Google. If you've got questions, you can simply just go to Google or maybe the famous one now. I think that's kind of replacing Google in some sense is Facebook, right? So maybe you don't want to go to Google, but maybe you'd like input from all of your friends. So what do you do? You post a status. You say, hey, I'm dealing with this. What have you done? Give me some feedback. Give me some response. Most of us don't like to sit in life with uncertainty, right? If we have questions, we want answers like right now. But here's the truth. We serve a God that is greater than instant answers. We we serve a God that is greater than Google. And what I want to get at this morning is simply this. You may get instant answers, but are they God answers? You may get a quick answer that satisfies you for a day or two or three days, but then a week later you find yourself in the same situation, dealing with the same stuff, the same pain, the same hurt, and you're wondering, why am I back here again? And could it possibly be because the answer that you got was not God, it was just a simple, quick answer? And here's the truth. A lot of us, many of us, including myself at times, we take every question, fear, fear, curiosity to Google to satisfy our desperate cravings for knowledge and guidance, hoping that it can steer us in the right direction. When in reality, we have the God of the universe whose ear that we can beckon any time that we want, who can give us the right answer. But here's the truth. Um, the God called Google or Facebook or Siri is... A, is, is Something that is instant and quick, and it's something that we can type in the answer, and it gives us an answer right now. And the reason that many of us don't pray, the reason that many of us don't go to God, is because usually going to God requires us to wait. It requires a period where we don't get the answer that we want, and there is this uncertainty that we don't like. Let me, I was thinking about this, some different examples of just as Americans, we like fast things, right? We've got what? fast food. Some of you in here, you are that customer. If you wait like longer than two minutes and they have the little sign on the, on the counter, it says, if you wait longer than two minutes, you get your food free. And you were like, as soon as you order, you're like, timer, <laughs> timer. It was two minutes in one second. My meal is free. And then your wife's like, oh my God, baby, what are you doing again? You want stuff fast. What, what else do we have? We have 10 minute oil changes. I'm a massive customer because I do not know how to change my oil. Ten-minute oil change. Some of you are like, that is not a man. I am a man. All right? Ten-minute oil changes. We've got, listen, you don't even have to go to the doctor anymore. You can just go to Google. You can go to WebMD and figure out what's going on. Although, if you use that website and you usually have like a sore throat, it usually diagnoses you as you might want to get to the hospital now. You're probably dying. (laughs) So you live in fear for like a year, like, oh my God, I am dying. And it's all WebMD's fault. Um, We have microwaves that, that make hot pockets, Like instant, like you don't have to make a pizza anymore. You just shove a hot pocket in the microwave and then bite it and get like molting hot lava in your mouth and you can't taste anything for like two years after that. And then at the end of the day, we have Google and we have Facebook. I believe that these instant things 
have discipled the way that we look at things in our life. We do not like to wait. I get in the car, and I've said this story before, but I get in the car, and I'm not patient. I'm trying to work on it. I'm trying to work. I'm just not. I don't like to wait around. Like a red light. I'm the guy that as when I see a yellow light, it doesn't mean slow down. It means speed up. Like go as quickly as you possibly. Do we have any cops in here? Um, I don't like to wait, and most of us don't like to wait, but this translates into deeper problems. So, like, maybe you're in the situation right now, you're saying, I don't know what job to take, or am I supposed to marry this person, or man, my, my dad is sick, and should I have him move in with, like, what do I do? And some of us are dealing with like deep hurts, deep frustration, deep pain. And the unfortunate thing that we end up resulting to is quick answers. We go to Google, we go to Facebook, we go to Siri, whatever the median is. But the truth is, we serve a God that is greater than Google, a God that is greater than Facebook, and a God that is greater than instant answers. So two weeks ago, my dad encouraged us to pray first. So when you go through major life decisions, instead of resorting to going to Google to say, hey, what should I do with this job? Should I take this job? Or going to Facebook and, hey, can I get everybody's input and can I get everybody's opinion? Because at the end of the day, someone's opinion is not as good as the God that gives you the answer. And so I know that we've been through this, we've been talking about this, like pray first, we need to seek God when we go through major things and maybe even smaller things that we need to learn not to just get instant answers, but we need God answers, we need to seek God. But here's the question, and if you know anything about the way that I like to preach, I like to ask questions because I find this is what happens, is some of you can sit in here and you say, well, man, I've been praying. So I used the whole, I prayed first, but I didn't get an answer. And then so you come and you walk out of these doors and you say, that's great, but it doesn't work. It didn't work. I don't know why I should pray because I've tried it my entire life and it doesn't work. What happens when God is silent? What happens when you pray and you, you, you don't get an answer? What happens when you, when you pray and God doesn't instantly talk to us? Now, let me make a quick disclaimer, okay? When we talk about praying, I'm not talking about, like, you sitting down and, like, should I eat this uh, candy bar or not? I'm not saying, like, you should seek God deeply on eating a Snickers, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about major life things, that we should seek God on those things. So here's the question. You may get a quick answer by the world that we live in, the wisdom that it can offer, but at the end of the day, is it the right answer? Is it a God answer? And true God answers only come from who? God. They only come from God. So let me, I know this doesn't sum it all up, but I believe some of you in here are asking some of these questions, and these are just some of the ones that I thought about. So some of you, this is what you're asking. Like, how do I break the power of sin in my life? Like, I've been dealing with this my entire life, and it seems like no matter what I do, I can't break free. It seems like no matter what I do, I can't get free. Or, or how much money should I be making? Or how much money should I give to the church? Or should I quit my job? Or should I take that job? Or what do I say to a child that has wandered away from the faith? Like, what do I say 
to them? Or should I marry this man or woman? Or maybe you have a question like, God, why me? Why cancer? Why sickness? Why disease? And listen, I guarantee you that you can take any one of those questions and you can put them in a search bar and Google might give you some good answers. But at the end of the day, is it the right answer? Is it an answer that can sustain you for eternity? Is it an answer that can carry you through this life? Or is it just a quick, instant answer that satisfies you for a day or two and then then you start the process all over again? Is it a God answer? Do you want something that lasts temporarily or something that lasts forever? So let me give you this example. You ever bought like the knockoff brand of something? Hoping that it would work just like the real thing? You know what I mean? And and like the first day you get this little technology piece and it's the knockoff and you're like, I've read all the reviews. You know, you're that person that researches everything like extensively for like five hours before you make like a $2 purchase. That's my wife. Um, And so you find all the research and you say, look, the knockoff one is just as good as the real one. I'm going to get the knockoff brand. So you buy the knockoff brand, and it works well for like two or three days, and then what happens? It starts falling apart. Why? Because it's made out of plastic. It's not made out of the best materials. It's the knockoff, right? Another example, it's kind of like Android versus iPhone, right? And for all you Android lovers out there, there's a special place in hell. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But let's just face the facts. Android is made out of plastic. It's made out of plastic. It's got a junky software on it. Their logo is an alien. What is that? But if you look at the iPhone, look at this. Look at this awesome piece of technology. If you look at the iPhone, it's made out of genuine materials. Although, if you're like me, you have to put a, an amazing case on it because I just ruined one last week by dropping it in the toilet. Um, and I wasn't doing what you think I was doing. <laughs> but here's the truth. If you were to make a comparison with the materials, I don't care who you are. You're an Android lover. That's great. But when it comes down to materials, this thing is going to win every single time. It's made out of titanium. It's made out of aluminum. It's a quality product. It's a quality product. And here's what, I, here's what I want to get at you today. We're going to jump in Isaiah in a second and show you a few things. Do you want something that has a short shelf life that can carry you for a few days, a few months, or do you want quality? Do you want something that can sustain you for the rest of your life? Like some of us have deep, longing questions that honestly Google and Facebook and your friends cannot answer. We need to hear from Jesus. This is why prayer is so important. It is not just some cliche thing that we do when we close the door to our house and we just pray and we say, God, help me. But it's us petitioning the God of the universe and you lay bare those questions. God, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. These are some serious um, questions that I have, some serious concerns, some serious doubts. And you begin to seek and you begin to pray and you begin to ask the God of the universe what he thinks you should do. Much different. 
The prophet Isaiah actually warned that impatience with God would lead us to other faster guides. Like, as I said in the beginning, most of us are very impatient, right? We don't like to wait around. We want instant, quick answers. Here's the truth. The wisdom of the world will never suffice the vacuum-sized void in your heart. You need an answer from God. You need an answer from God. So before I read this verse in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 17, let me give you a little context. So Israel is like under attack, okay? The Assyrian army is about to annihilate their nation. They are planning. They're about to go to battle. They're about to wipe the people out. And Isaiah is a prophet, and he can hear from God. And so all the people come to him, and they say, oh, what should we do? What is God telling us to do? And this is his response. He says, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that's the response they wanted? Like this, hey, um, dude, um, like, I don't know if your eyes are okay, but if you look over there, this army is about to annihilate us. They're about to take us out, and you're telling me that you're going to wait And at the same time, in your waiting, you have this hope in God? How is this even possible? The army's about to invade. Do you not see the stronghold? Do you not see the difficulty that we're about to face? And the truth is, God does hide his face from us at times. God doesn't answer our prayers quickly, sometimes on purpose. Because here's the deal. God knows that sometimes the best thing for doubting and wandering hearts is waiting. Is waiting. I found this quote and it says this Sometimes the uncomfortable distance between our question and God's answer can be a greater gift than the answer itself. What do I mean by that? In that period of when you're seeking God, here's my question, answer me. And then he's silent. And then there's this period of wait, and you can do one of two things. It can teach you to continually lean into God, continually to pursue God. It strengthens your relationship. You say, God, you may be silent, but I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm going to keep pushing. And at the end of the day, when he finally answers your question, what happens? Now you've built a stronger foundation in your relationship with Jesus because it's trained you to pursue God, even when you don't hear an answer. Or you can get offended and say, hey, God's not answering my question. This whole Jesus thing is not for me. He didn't answer when I wanted him to ask. Here's the deal. God's not a butler. (laughs) He's not a butler. He doesn't just give us what we want. He knows. Listen, he doesn't give you what you want because sometimes he knows what's best for you. He knows what you really need. See, and, and that's the thing that you have to lay bare before prayer is this. Am I praying to get my wantings or am I praying to get my needs met? God knows what you really need. And sometimes the things that you think you need is not what you really need, which is why he doesn't give them to you. When we don't have the quick answer, it forces us to evaluate our life, doesn't it? It forces us to evaluate our relationship with Jesus. You see, when I enter the unknown, oftentimes it always forces me to evaluate. God, what are you trying to teach me? God, what are you trying to do? I'm not comfortable with this. I like quick answers. I want to answer now. I don't like to wait, but God, I'm going to choose 
to wait. Just like Isaiah says, I wait for the Lord. And if you look at the end of the verse, why can he wait in the Lord? Because his hope is placed in Jesus. His hope is in the Lord. And he knows that if he waits, he'll get the right answer. Here's the truth. Maybe you're in here this morning and you're saying, listen, Pastor Zach, I, I get it, okay? I've been praying. I don't want a quick answer. But look, I've been waiting for a long time. I've been waiting for like years, and, and I don't feel like I've gotten any kind of answer. Here's my question. Have you been praying and have you been seeking God for your wants rather than your needs? Because listen, this is the one thing that I have learned over and over, and God's taught me this the hard way, is you can run, but you always take yourself with you. Like, you can run away from it. God's not answering me, so I'm just going to run and go off to some other place. But when we run, we always take ourselves with us. All of our problems, all of our fears, all of our anxieties, all of our doubts, they come with us. And just because we get a new set of friends, and just because we get a different house, and just because we get a different whatever it is in a different scenario, at the end of the day, you can try to run from all those things, but you still need an answer from God to give you the clarity that you genuinely need. So here's what the world says to us. The world says, hey, you're tired of waiting on God? You've been waiting for a long time? Then just take your questions elsewhere. God must be busy. He's got a whole lot of other problems going on in the world. He doesn't really want to talk to me. He doesn't really want to hear from me. He must not love me as much because it seems like he's answering so-and-so's questions, but not mine. So the world says, you know what, God, he doesn't love you. You've screwed it up. Your past is too checkered. He's not listening. So the world says, you know what, just go find a different place. Just go find a different answer somewhere else. Just Google it. Ask your friends. Go on Facebook. And many of us foolishly say things like, you know what, I just I don't have time to wait on God anymore. I don't have time to wait on God to give me an answer. I've been waiting too long. And, and listen, this is going to sting, but it's the truth. The truth is the mess you probably find yourself in right now is probably a direct result of a quick answer and not a God answer. The situation that you find yourself in right now is it was because you said, God, you know what? I know you got the reins up there, but I'm going to take them from you because I know what's best for myself. And I'm going to steer this ship a little bit. And the mess that you probably find yourself in today is a result of you taking matters into your own hands and pushing God in the passenger seat and say, God, just can you just be here with me, but I'm going to make all the decisions. Continuing in Isaiah, this is the message version. Chapter 8, verse 19 through 20. So let me give you a little con. So he says to the people, he says, listen, I'm going to wait on the Lord. They don't like it. So some people, they tell him this. He says, why don't you just try out the fortune tellers? Consult the spiritualists. Why not tap into the spirit world? Get in touch with the dead. Tell them, no, we're going to study scriptures. We're going to seek God. So this is what they're saying. They're saying, listen, why do we need to wait on God? Just go to like some like psychic Go to somebody that can give you a quick answer. And oftentimes, what I, what I find today is that 
Google and Facebook and the internet, it's like those same things. It's like the fortune tellers. It's like the spiritualists. It's like those things that we find in Isaiah. It's just in a different form. Hey, you, don't, you, don't have, you can't figure out the answer that you want? Just search the internet for a while and you can find one. You don't know what to do? Just, just, just Pinterest it. <laughs> just figure it out. And we've become a direct disciple of culture where instead of seeking God, we seek worldly wisdom. Instead of praying, instead of going to war and going to battle and saying, God, what do you want me to do? Because I'm so confused. We seek quick, direct answers. Here's the question I have. Why in the world would we entrust all of our deepest concerns, our weaknesses, to flawed counselors when we have the ear of the Lord? When we have the ear of the Lord. See, Facebook and Google answers are quick, but they leave you in all your questions and doubts sitting in the dark. They leave you sitting in the dark. They leave you back in your state of confusion, back in your state of doubt, back in your depression, back in the state of why am I here? Isaiah 8.20 continues. It says, people who try the other ways get nowhere. (laughs) A dead in frustrated and famished they try one thing after another when nothing works out they get angry cursing first at this god then that one looking this way that up down and sideways and seeing nothing a blank wall an empty hole they end up in the dark with nothing that's quick answers that's quick answers You end up in the dark with nothing. There's no substance. The answer that you get has a short shelf life, and it cannot sustain you. Here's the deal. Google and Facebook can give you cheap, easy counsel, but at the end of the day, is it God? The world in all of its wisdom will feed you for the day and starve you for eternity. It'll feed you for the day and starve you for eternity. We don't need quick answers. We need God. We need to learn to seek God. Listen, this is why reading the Bible and having personal prayer time with Jesus is so important. Let me just be brutally honest with you. If the only time that you hear the scriptures and the only time that you hear about Jesus and the only time that your soul is fed is right now, It's probably the reason that life seems out of order right now. It's probably the reason life seems out of order. And listen, the thing that I love about this church is, listen, if that's you in here, I'm not trying to cast shame on you or condemn you or anything like that. What I'm trying to say is that we want to be a church that loves you and can point you in the right direction and say, hey, listen, this is how we can help you. It's okay that you're at where you're at right now. Just make a decision to say, I don't want to be here anymore. And I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to get out of this by seeking God and godly counsel and godly wisdom. And not just friends that love me, but friends that love Jesus and can point me in the right direction. How many of you, um, you love coffee in here? Anybody like any coffee lovers? Okay. Um, if you are a coffee lover, I'm sorry, I'm about to offend you. This is, there's no other way around it. It just goes in my example, and if you're offended, I'm sorry in advance, okay? Um, so I absolutely love coffee, 
like, just love coffee. How many of you guys got a Keurig? Anybody got a Keurig? You drink nasty coffee, all right? Sorry if that's offensive. It's just the truth. Um, so here's the deal. Some of you are like, did he say that? I'm so offended right now. Um, here's the truth. With coffee, you can take a product, and you can make it totally different ways, and you can take the same product and get two totally different results. So let me give you an example. A Keurig, you take a little K-cup, right, which just want to throw this out there, you don't know how long that K-cup has been sitting on the shelf. Just something to think about, okay? It's probably been sitting there for like six months, a year possibly. How many times have you actually used that Keurig without ever washing it? It's just water. <laughs> I don't need to wash it. How much junk is in your Keurig? Probably a lot, and you're drinking it. Um, so Keurig, what they do is they take a little K-cup, they put it in, they smash it down, they turn it on, and it's instant, right? Instant hot water into the K-cup, into your cup. Here's the problem with it. If you know anything about coffee, when the Keurig drains water through that little K-cup, right, it doesn't uh, absorb all the grounds. It just gets a little piece of it. So, so when you drink it, it's like weak, like it's like brown water is basically what it is, brown water. Um, well, there's a totally different way to make coffee, which is the way that I have resorted to of because I love coffee. Um, so it's a French press. Anybody ever use a French press? Maybe your grandmother used one, or maybe anybody use like, go back to like the stovetop burners. Anybody use one of those? Like, those are awesome. So French press, what you do is you take your coffee, you just dump it straight in there. There's no filter, okay? Absolutely no filter. You take hot water, you pour it in, and then you let it sit for about a minute, minute and a half, and you let all that coffee kind of percolate, get in there, and it, all the oils from the beans get off of it, and then here's what you do. You take this little press, you press it down, it pushes the grinds all the way to the bottom, and you pour out liquid gold into your cup. It's amazing, okay? Now, it's different because in the Keurig, what does it do? It filters out all the oils, which the oils in the coffee is like the best part of the coffee. Well, the cure, I mean, the French press takes it. There's no filter. There's no paper. It doesn't hold any oils. You just push it down. And some of you are like, why is he going on about coffee? I love coffee. Okay, so you push it down. It's amazing. You leave all the oils in the coffee, and it tastes totally different. So, so why am I saying this? I'm saying this because of the fact that you have the same product with totally two different results. It's coffee, Right? I mean, we could take coffee, and we could put it in the Keurig, and we could put it in a French press, and I promise you the French press will win every time. It'll taste 20 times better. Why? It's, it might be a slower process. It's a much slower process than the Keurig. It's not instant. It's not quick. It's delicate. You have to measure it right. You have to put in the right amount of coffee. You have to let it sit for a certain amount of time. The water has to be a certain temperature. And then you pour it in. You let it wait. You steep it. And, and here's the thing. Some of us in here, specifically Christians, if you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, you're saying, listen, I see the direct result of Jesus moving and acting in people's lives, and I'm tapping into the same Jesus, at least I think I am, but I'm getting two different results. Why? Why? Why am I getting two different results? And here's the question. Are you a self-feeder? Are you a self-feeder? And this is what I mean. Are you carving time out of your week, out of your day, to spend time with Jesus on a personal level? 
when you have a moment, when you have a time where you say, God, it's me and you, and I, all of my frustrations, all of my questions, all of these things, you lay them before Jesus. And if you do that, you get a directly different result than somebody that just chooses to coast by. There is nothing more miserable than Christians that do not pray, that do not tap into the power that God offers. I'm telling you, prayer works. It's not just some kind of churchy cliche thing that we talk about. It's not some churchy cliche thing that we do. It genuinely works. We don't need quick answers. We need God answers. But the problem, yet again, is what? We don't like to wait. <laughs> we don't like to wait. We want instant things. So what do we do when God's silent? What do we do when we pray, we seek God, and then God is just like nothing? You don't hear anything, you don't get anything, you don't feel anything. First, remember where the quick answers got you. <laughs> That's the first thing that we need to do. First, remember when you didn't seek God and where those quick answers got you. Second, let's keep reading. In, I want to read this passage in Isaiah 8, 20 again. It says this, People who try the other ways... Get nowhere. People that do not seek Jesus get nowhere. A dead end. Frustrated and famished, they try one thing after another. Have you done that? Like you try one thing after another after another. Okay, maybe it was this answer. No, it wasn't that one. No, maybe it's this one. No, it wasn't that one. And you keep trying and trying. And then it says when nothing works out, they get angry. Cursing first this God and then that one. Looking this way and that. Up, down, and sideways and seeing nothing. A blank wall, an empty hole. They end up in the dark with nothing. You see, the prescription to unanswered questions and unsolved problems is patient meditation on God's word and prayer. It's not instant, it's not quick, but it's right. And the thing that we have got to get out of our minds and our understanding is realizing that we've been discipled by culture to have things now. And there really is a beauty in the waiting. God really does teach us a lot of things in the silence, in the waiting, when he doesn't quickly answer the things that we need to have answered. See, there is a light at the end of the tunnel of life's suffering and heartache, but the light is only seen within God's way. So some of you are walking through that tunnel, and you're like, man, it's dark in here. I don't see any light. Here's the question. Are you trying to do it on your own or are you seeking God? Are you trying to do it on your own or are you seeking God? So for some of us, we need to start here. We need to start with how can we know what God really wants us to do unless we don't spend time with him? Like how can we know God if we never talk to him? And I've used this example before. If I decided to come up to my wife right when we first got married, day one, we get off of the honeymoon in our little small apartment that we had, and I said, hey, babe, listen, honeymoon was awesome. It was great. I loved it. I had a great time. I'm going to institute something new, okay, and this is what we're going to do. Um, we're never going to talk. We're just going to stay under the same roof. And, like, because of this, you're just going to love me. Like, I'm going to be the greatest husband in the world, and I'm never going to talk to you. Do you think that would work out too well? <laughs> no. But I want you to think of it this way. That's what a lot of us do to God. 
God, I need you. We, we pray these little quick 911 prayers like, help me, I'm in this situation. If you're real, get me out of this. We want God to be this butler that can serve our needs when needed, but we don't want to spend time with him. We don't really want to know him. We just want him to get us out of our mess. And here's the crazy thing. In when you get to know God, you get to know his heart, and then ultimately you get to know what he really wants, and you start making wise decisions, and you start doing the right things. And those questions and those longings and those desires that you begin to have begin to fade away because you're spending time with Jesus. And now you know what Jesus wants you to do. You know his ways. You know what his answers would be. So it, I know it sounds so simple, but for some of us, it simply starts with spending time with Jesus on a regular basis. I want you to listen to what Scripture says about prayer. There's five verses here. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John 5, 7. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Mark eleven twenty four. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Luke eleven twenty nine. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. Psalms 34, 17. Last one. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Second Chronicles 7.14. That's scripture. That's what we activate. That's what we tap into when we pray. That's what we tap into when we seek God. A God that listens. A God that answers prayer works. It's not just words that you utter. When we pray, we tap into the great source that has every answer that we need. The Lord hears your cry. He knows your pain. He knows your questions. He knows your doubts. He knows your concerns. And just because the Lord is silent does not mean that he's not working. You see, oftentimes the silence just really reveals what our relationship with Jesus is really like, strong or weak. The light God promises is a light worth waiting for, a light that ultimately wins the whole world. And here's the truth. God has written all the pain, all the confusion, all the brokenness and fear we feel into our story, not so that we'd be impressed with Google, but so that we would depend on him more fully. The wisdom God gives you will not always be immediate, but here's the thing. This is what I love. It will be perfect, and it will reward you in full forever. See, the answers that God gives are perfect answers. And you only get those answers in seeking him. So let me ask you a question, and we're going to wrap this up in a second. Do we actually believe God can tell us something Google can't? Do we really believe that God can tell us something Google can't? And here's the harsh truth. If we really believe this, we'd be slower to our phones and quicker to our knees. We'd be slower to our phones and quicker to our knees. Listen, guys, I'm practically done. 
if there's anything that God has taught me over the past few weeks, I cannot tell you, like as a pastor, how much joy it has brought me. And I believe how much joy it has just brought God in heaven. To, to, I wish you could come with me for one week and just hear all the stories that God's doing. All the stories that God's doing. And let me tell you something. Every single person in this room is a direct product of prayer. Like, you, you don't know it, but a year ago, we prayed for every single person for six months. We were meeting in a living room with 30 people sitting in there and saying, God, we pray for the people in Crowley that you would radically transform their lives. This would not just be another church, but God, that you would restore marriages. God, that you would heal broken hearts. So you may come in here this morning and say, it doesn't work. I've been praying for a long time. You're a direct result of prayer. You're in here because people prayed that you'd be in here. You're not here by accident. Luck, chance, whatever you want to call it. It's God. You're here because people prayed for you. We prayed for you. I prayed for you. We have a church in Jennings and Eunice that has been praying for you for years. Before this ever existed, before my wife and I were ever even in the picture, we've been praying for you. And listen, this is what I really genuinely believe this morning, that God is drawing you in. He's pulling you in. And some of us just need to start off with a simple prayer of saying, God, I want to know you like I've never known you before. And I'm telling you, if you truly trust and believe in that, God is going to do some incredible things in your life. Let's be slower to our phones, slower to going to the search bar, slower to asking the questions on Facebook to the deep concerns of our heart and quicker to our knees and saying, God, I don't know what to do. I'm lost, I'm confused, I'm broken, I'm hurting. I've got questions, I need answers, and you don't need quick answers. You need God answers. Listen, we're not trying to microwave and hurry up the process. If you remember a few months ago, we preached the message, and the message title was, it's all about progress, not perfection. God just wants you to simply enter into the journey and say, God, you know what, I'm willing. All right, I'll go. <laughs> I'll enter into the process. So I want to encourage you. We've got seven more days. If you've been reading the book, the, the thing, every single day, make it a point. Before you do anything else, pray. Spend time with Jesus. And listen, I know some of us are skeptical in here. You're like, it doesn't work. I don't know if this is going to happen. Just do it. Seven days. Give yourself seven days every single day. Pray. Seek God. Read a little bit. And I promise you'll notice a difference. I promise you'll notice a difference. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. And we thank you that we have an opportunity to tap in to your wisdom. God, I pray that your spirit would lead us and guide us, God, that we would not walk out of here this morning the same. God, I pray that your conviction would rest deeply on our hearts. 
God, I pray that there would not be condemnation, but there would be conviction. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this church. God, we thank you for who you are. God, help us to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.